Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 52. Everything in this episode comes from the week of December 18th, 2023. And just another FYI, with Christmas coming up, the New Year's, my wife and I were expecting our first baby uh, February 1st, so baby could come anytime. Uh, my point is, I may or may not be posting episodes you know, for the next month or two, so just be advised and keep us in your prayers. Here's what I'll be talking about in this episode. First of all, a teacher in Virginia who was fired over his school's pronoun policy won his lawsuit in the Virginia Supreme Court. Second, a Michigan teacher violated school policy by accidentally telling the truth. And third, two New Jersey school districts rejected state gender policies, calling them gender nonsense. Story number one, Peter Vlaming was a French teacher in West Point, Virginia. And I actually wrote about Mr. Vlaming in my book, but a few years ago, Mr. Vlaming's school implemented a pronoun policy that required staff to use preferred pronouns for students. So if a girl said she was a boy, then all of her teachers were required to reinforce that girl's gender confusion and to refer to her with male pronouns. Well, that's something that Peter Vlaming could not do. And as a result, he was fired. Why couldn't he do that? Why couldn't he use male pronouns for a female student? Well, Mr. Vlaming said that he couldn't, in good conscience, refer to his female students with male pronouns because it would be untrue. It would be a lie. I agree. So Mr. Vlaming was fired, but then he sued the school board. Well, the Virginia Supreme Court just ruled in favor of Mr. Vlaming, saying that his school has no right to force his speech. The Supreme Court ruling stated that to uphold the right to free speech, quote, no government committed to these principles can lawfully coerce its citizens into pledging verbal allegiance to ideological views that violate their sincerely held religious beliefs, end quote. So the school board's pronoun policy violated Mr. Vlaming's constitutionally protected freedom of speech. Hopefully, this sets a precedent around the country concerning these pronoun policies. But what if Mr. Vlaming, way back when he was given his directives from his school board, what if he just went along with them and he just referred to this girl as a boy, kept his job, kept his mouth shut, and basically lied to these students? What if he did not stand on his convictions, if he did not show courage? Well, First of all, he would have violated his beliefs. Second, he would have lied to this girl. And then third, this, the Virginia Supreme Court ruling never would have happened. So this is an amazing example of why it's so important to stand up against radical, godless ideologies. And it's important to not just stand against something, but to stand for something. And I'm talking about the truth which can only be found in the Word of God. And the Word of God, the Bible, doesn't just contain truth, it is truth. 
Story number two, I want to tell you a story about a public school district in Michigan that encouraged a middle school girl into transgenderism without telling her parents. I've been talking about these stories for a couple years now, but this one is a little different because the parents had a long-standing positive relationship with this school's counselor. And there was a great deal of trust between the parents and the school counselor, but that trust was betrayed. We usually hear stories about parents and school officials not getting along, but in this story, the parents in the school actually had a positive relationship, and the school used that relationship to indoctrinate their daughter and violate parental rights. So a group called Alliance Defending Freedom wrote a short article about this story, and I'm actually going to read this article word for word because I like how they wrote it. So here we go. It's written by the Alliance Defending Freedom, and it was published December 18th, 2023. Dan and Jennifer Mead trusted the Rockford Public School District in Southwest Michigan. After all, their daughter had attended schools in the district for years, and they believed the district's employees had always been open and honest with them about her education, including about any concerns they had with her progress or well-being. But all that changed when district employees broke the Meads' trust and violated their parental rights by secretly treating their 13-year-old daughter as a boy, referring to her by a new masculine name and male pronouns. District policy required employees to take this action without asking the Meads' permission or letting them know. The policy even required employees to intentionally hide the district's actions from the Meads. How did they do that? By altering their daughter's official records to remove references to the district's new name and pronouns for the, for the girl. The Meads only discovered the truth by accident when an employee inadvertently left some references to the masculine name and male pronouns and sent home an only partially altered document. The Meads' daughter started sixth grade at East Rockford Middle School in August of 2020. During the fall semester, her teachers noticed her falling behind in school, and Jennifer began communicating with them often to help her daughter catch up. Following Christmas break, the Meads' daughter started meeting regularly with a school counselor. While their conversations initially centered around academics, the sixth grader gradually started opening up more about her life in general. According to the school counselor's notes from their meetings that spring, the Meads' daughter shared concerns about sick family members and frustrations with certain teachers. She even told the counselor that her family wanted advice about someone she could see for counseling over the summer. After many of these meetings, the school counselor told the Meads what she had discussed with their daughter, mostly through email correspondence. Because of this openness, the Meads came to trust the counselor and the school district. Jennifer even sent a heartfelt message thanking the counselor because the Meads' daughter felt safe talking with her. Soon enough, however, the district would betray Jennifer and Dan's trust. The school counselor continued meeting with the Meads' daughter during the 21-22 school year. In January of 2022, the counselor contacted Jennifer to voice concerns about the girl. Over the following months, to support their daughter, 
The Meads volunteered large amounts of sensitive information about their family to the counselor. That May 2022, however, the counselor withheld a critical piece of information from the Meads. One day, the counselor received a message from the Meads' daughter asking that teachers begin referring to her by a new masculine name. Despite the trust the Meads had placed in the school district, the counselor did not tell them about this request. When the Meads' daughter began eighth grade in the fall of 2022, the school district was already referring to her by the masculine name. By early September at the latest, district employees were regularly using that name and male pronouns to refer to her. All the while, no one asked the Meads for permission to make this change or even inform them about it. Instead, they continued using their daughter's correct name and female pronouns when talking with the Meads. It wasn't until Dan Mead, the father, met with a district employee in October of 2022 to discuss the district's plan for his daughter's education that he and his wife noticed something was awry. The district had been making a concerted effort to hide the masculine name and male pronouns from the Meads, removing references to the new name and pronouns from documents that the Meads would see. But the district didn't hide its plan perfectly. At that October meeting, the district employee inadvertently gave Dan a document that included comments from a teacher using the district's masculine name and male pronouns to refer to his daughter. Oops. Jennifer noticed the comments and emailed the district to ask if there had been a mistake. Had the Meads maybe received a report for someone else's child? But that same district employee would later admit that she had changed all other references to the masculine name in the report to the girl's correct name. She had simply forgotten to change some of them. And when the Meads found out the district had betrayed their trust, they tried to talk with the district about the situation and whether the district would stop using a masculine name and male pronouns for their daughter. The principal at their daughter's school confirmed that the district would continue doing what it was doing. It was the district's policy. So the Meads had no choice but to withdraw their daughter from the district. And in December of 2023, Alliance Defending Freedom attorneys filed a lawsuit on the family's behalf. By deliberately hiding information, important information, from the Meads about their daughter, the school district violated their parental rights. Parents have the fundamental right to direct the upbringing, education, and health care of their children, and government officials have no right to hide critical information from them. All right, so that's it. That's the end of the article. I hope for you parents out there that you can see just how easy it is for school districts to hide things from you. Even when you know the teachers, you know the staff, you're involved, you're communicating with them. Still, you never know what they're not telling you. Story number three. So when it comes to school districts adopting gender policies like the one I just talked about, they usually adopt whatever policy their state DOE recommends. But in New Jersey, two school districts have rejected their state recommended transgender policies, calling them, quote unquote, gender nonsense. 
the state DOE suggests using parental secrecy policies where schools keep a child's gender identity a secret from their parents, just like we talked about in story two. They also suggest bathroom and locker room policies that allow boys to use girls' facilities and policies that allow boys to play on girls' sports teams. Schools have edited state policies before, cutting out sections that don't suit their needs, but the state has sued school districts for simply editing their suggested policies, let alone rejecting their policies altogether. So it's encouraging to hear a superintendent speak up and call these policies nonsense because that's what they are. And hopefully it'll embolden other schools to follow suit. However, if school districts do reject their state DOE policy, they'll likely face legal battles because of it. All right, everybody, that's all I have for you this week. Hey, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2024. Take care.